Hi, I'm Jane Stahl, retired high school English teacher and director of community relations at Studio B Fine Art Gallery in Boyertown, Pennsylvania. And this is the Be Inspired podcast. My guest and I hope that in the few minutes you spend with us, you'll be surprised and delighted to meet someone new, become aware of projects going on in your neighborhood, and maybe entertain a new way to look at the world. Look, we all need to keep our spirits up in these challenging times, and I can't think of a better way to lift up our spirits than to meet interesting, passionate folks and learn about what they're doing to make life better for all of us. And so, join me now for the Be Inspired podcast. Mary hey! Hi, Jane. How are you? I'm very good. Let me introduce you to my Be Inspired audience. Okay. Good morning, Be Inspired audience. We are here today with <laughs> a lovely woman whom I've known for decades, Mary Ann Boyer, who is the daughter of the beloved late whom we call the first lady of Boyertown, Nancy <laughs> Lang Boyer. Anyway, thank you so much for joining us, Marianne. How are you? Oh, good. Thank you for inviting me. I'm excited to um, have our chat today. Yes, yes, I am also. This is an opportunity for us maybe to remember Nancy together. As you know, last Friday at Studio B, we awarded some prizes to artists. And one of those prizes was given by the by Freycon Farms mm. in memory of your mother. Aww. And, you know, I had also invited Tori Freycon to um, chat with us at the opening and you were planning to attend, but the snow interfered. And so I thought maybe during this podcast, we could do the same thing. So great. Thank you. You're certainly welcome. Uh, some memories of your mom that you'd like to share? Yeah. In fact, um, just thinking about this, our conversation, I pulled up an article um, that was written about her in 1989 by um, Holly Green and it was in the Mercury. And it's um, kind of fun because there's some quotes that my mom had um, told to, uh, to Holly. And it's called The Evolution of an Artist. So um, I can just, I, I guess, would it be helpful to just kind of give a brief overview of how my mom got in, involved in art? Absolutely. She was one of Studio B's most earliest and most loyal patrons, and we owe so much of our history and our sustainability to your mom's efforts with her uh, foundation, Nancy Lang Boyer and James K. Boyer uh, Foundation. We're very grateful for the support she showed Studio B over the years, but please share her thoughts. Oh, great. Thank you. Well, um, you know, as you know, my mom was loved Boyertown, loved her roots, very proud of um, you know, uh, Boyertown and had um, many friends there. And, um, but uh, for this article, uh, just as by way of background briefly, she grew up in Steelton and she, you know, it was a dirty mill town outside of Harrisburg. Uh -huh. And because, um, and she then uh, went to George School, which was a, which is a um, Quaker boarding school in Bucks County. And then 
went to Bradford Junior College in Massachusetts. So she studied art there and then um, attended Moore College of Art in Philadelphia for a year. And then um, so, and she met Jim Boyer um, when she was at Bradford. He was um, visiting. He was in his naval uniform. And, yes, that's um, a great, lovely story <laughs> to share with me. Yes, she she sent a. It was a blind date, and her uh-huh. cousin fixed her up, and she sent her uh, roommate down. You know, to peek <laughs> at Jim Boyer before she was. I guess the roommate went down the stairs of the college. Uh-huh. And um, she saw my dad in his white naval uniform, and the roommate came back and said, "Lang, if you don't want them, I'll take them." So, <laughs> so oh, that's um, lovely. So, and it was such a tragedy, such a sad yeah. thing that she lost, that you all lost him so very early. Yeah, I mean, and so that was uh, 1991. My dad died of a heart attack. Um, yeah, in March, and um, but they. Uh, you know, leading up to that, I think um, mom and dad, when they moved to Boyertown, they um, lived, my mom ended up living there 60 years. Um, and she and my dad had built a, their house, as you know, you've been to our yep. house. And yep. um, so she, when she got married and uh, had four kids, um, the youngest of four, as you know, um, she ended up putting her art on hold. And then when I was in second grade, since I'm the youngest, she ended up taking lessons from Nelson Grove, who uh, I don't know if you knew him. Um, I did not. He lived just outside of Boyertown on Ironstone Road if you head towards Ole. And he was a wonderful art teacher. He taught, I believe, in the Pottstown um, School District. And then he was just so talented with oil painting and watercolor. I, had, I was l- lucky enough to have lessons as a a girl with him on Saturdays. He taught me how to make marionettes and calligraphy, et cetera. So um, my mom took lessons with him and she said, um, this was in 1972. So I'm looking at um, the article here. She said, Boyer began lessons with Boyertown artist Nelson Grove, characterizing Grove as an quote, unsung genius, a most unusual giving person. Um, And my mom applauded his intuitive teaching ability. And she said, I learned more from him than I ever did, more than any other time in my life. She said, under his teaching, I took off. So Nelson Grove, you know, really believed in more traditional, um, Uh you know, starting with still life. And then uh, he would utilize his antiques and the objects that he had in his old farmhouse. And and he was very kind of, he taught her a more, um, you know, realistic style, Uh starting with portraits of, um, her kids. And so again, since I was the youngest, I was the one who was around the most. And I remember having to sit and pose and, you know, when you're a kid, it's kind of boring to sit there, but I was allowed to watch our black and white TV in the family room. And, um, and so, so she did, you know, a lot of portraits and then she wrote, um, she had said in this article, she said, it takes a lot of patience she said of portrait work, you want to please the sitter, but you also want an interesting painterly piece. Mm-hmm. So um, after she began to take lessons with Nelson Grove, she attended more workshops. And um, she ended up joining the Burke's Art Alliance in Reading. Uh-huh. And there she met, uh, you know, all her, these wonderful friends. That's where she met Enika Van Werkhoven. I know you also honored Enika yes. um, Friday yes. and Enika and, and my mom were dear, you know, um, 
long lasting buddies and would go to art shows together and, you know, um, and talk, talk, uh, politics or drink wine, you know, they just, yes, they just yes, had yes. a lot of <laughs> fun together. <laughs> and, um, so with the art Alliance, that's where she met other folks like Jack Coggins and Mary Woolley and Barbara Post. And, um, and so they would go, you know, that the art Alliance would meet on Thursdays. And so as a result, she did a lot of, they had live models and, um, she just really, uh, had a lot of, you know, lasting, um, friends, um, through this talented group of artists. And just a quick short story, a quick story. Um, my mom was at the Art Alliance and um, it was a Thursday and my dad had business in Reading and uh -huh. he thought he would just pop in. And when he came in, it happened to be on a day that they had a nude model. <laughs> so, so he came in and he kind of went like, oh, oh, <laughs> kind of, you know, kind of like looked and walked around and then, you know, it never took his jacket off, just kind of like, oh, 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 then out he went. And it, we, we, we laughed and teased him about that because we thought that was so that funny. Is. He just happened to pop in. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yes, um, yes. so anyway, her work then, um, continued to, um, you know, grow or develop with, um, the art Alliance. And then, um, when I look at this, she said she had a studio, on the second floor of the former, my grandfather's D.B. Boyer department store, you know, that in downtown Boyertown. So I she said, not that. yeah. And so when my dad retired um, from the bank in 90, he had an office there as well on the second floor. And my mom said about the studio. So she had her studio on the second floor. He had his office and she said, the light is adequate. I like the activity of the street below. It's nice to be able to work in town. And so um, she realized as she wanted to participate in juried shows, um, she realized that portraits were really not um, easily right. accepted. So she began to paint landscapes. And so uh -huh. her quote here is, she said, I think juried shows are the way to go. There's approval put on your work or rejection. It helps give you the impetus and discipline to continue experimenting. So um, she ended up uh, as a result, um, and you know this story, but I'll just <laughs> tell you. She switched from oil painting to pastel. To and pastels. Reason, yes, and that's yep. where when her work really took off. And the reason she switched is because um, I was fortunate to have this horse, Red, Red King, growing up. And um, I got Red King when I was 14 and he ended up living way into his, well into his late thirties. In fact, the blacksmith said he was the oldest horse that he was shoeing. And so, um, you know, after I kind of went off to college and Red King was still there, my mom in 1984 was moving a wheelbarrow of manure and she <laughs> slipped on the ice and she broke her ankle. And as a result, she did not want to schlep um, all of the oil paints and tubes and canvases around. Yep. So she switched to pastel. And um, oh. that's how all because of Red King and a broken I ankle. I love that. <laughs> and manure. That's a great story. <laughs> so um, she took a workshop from New England artist William Schultz. And she fell in, as you know, um, since you knew me you and know, my mom were good friend, she fell in love with um, uh, pastels and she loved the color and she loved yep. what the paper painting and sandpaper. 
and how that sandpaper would give it a grip that uh, with yep. the color. So her work then switched to even more vibrant landscapes and, and some of the work that she imagined um, instead of painting on, on spot, uh, you know, on site, she also did a lot of paintings out of her imagination. So she was influenced by Van Gogh and Gauguin. And um, so she said, and this, this article said, it's a very, she said, it's a very exciting medium. You get all kinds of patterns on the sandpaper. And then Holly wrote, this change of medium further loosened her brush stroke and altered her palette from muted tones to brilliant colors. Yep. So she then won a top prize at the Penn State Nittany Lion Show in the spring. This would have been, uh, I believe the article was written in 89. And then she had an award with, um, the award brings a distinction of part, uh, participating in a four artist show in the fall. And then she was selected for participation in the Pastel Society of America. And she was thrilled when she got into that because Holly writes the exhibit was considered one of the nation's top pastel showings. And then she had also participated um, in the Yellow Springs art show in Chester Springs. Mm -hmm. And she uh, said, quote, I've never had such a reaction to my work. It really made me feel good when you sell a painting or when it's accepted in a show, it's approval of your work. And the article um, ends with, she had said, I'm still learning. I have more of a gut feeling of what I'm doing. I've come pretty far, a lot farther than I've ever thought I'd go in painting. Um, so that was fun to pull up this article and see um, paintings. And as you know, she, you know, she was a prolific um, Yes. Artist. Yes. Do you know where uh, many of her paintings are now? Yeah. Here? So uh, good question, Jane. Um, so um, I have, I have some of her paintings and, you know, my siblings do, but in, uh, I think it was the early nineties. Um, I think it might've been maybe 92 or 93. She had a retrospective of her work at the Hill school. Uh -huh. And so when we went there and there were a lot, I think it was something like, you know, I want to guess over a hundred paintings there. Wow. Um, and we were, when we went, there were paintings that we had never seen before. And that was because she had either sold them or they were, you know, and over the years and they were um, in a, a jury. And uh -huh. um, so there was one painting that my husband, Chris Hall really liked and it yes. is a landscape. And I uh -huh. think you would like it as a former English teacher because it was <laughs> based on a poem by Emily Dickinson. Love so, it. Yeah. So it was called The Juggler of Day is Gone. And I can, you know, it's a short poem. I can read that but in a minute. But um, it's a landscape and it is very Vogue, uh, Van Gogh-like. It's a sunset um, on a country road with some cypress trees and there's, and it's a field and there's some lavender. And so Chris, my husband saw the painting, which he had, we had never seen before. And it had been owned by a woman um, that Chris ended up um, getting, he asked my mom for her contact information. Uh -huh. So he wrote to this woman, he didn't say I'm Nancy Boyer's son-in-law. He just uh -huh. I saw the painting. This is, you know, after, of course, the retrospective. And he said, uh, you know, I'd love to purchase it from you. Would you be willing to sell it to me? And so uh -huh. she wrote back and said, no. <laughs> so <laughs> then, 
then he, I think, waited a bit and he wrote and said, you know, he, I, he increased the price. I don't know if he, whatever. Yeah. And um, she said no. And then he um, also like, tr you know, I don't know, tripled the price. And my mom's paintings, I thought were like always under, she didn't know what to charge. Um, I think Many but, artists do not. Yep. Yes. It's so hard. And so it is. he had bumped it up and she said no. So um, I said to my mom, <laughs> you know, mom, is there any way you can do another <laughs> copy of the juggler of day is gone because Chris really likes it. And she uh -huh. said, and, and by the way, when my dad had died of a heart attack, yeah, she was only 64. Um, she stopped painting. So in mm -hmm. from 91 on in 1991 on. So this was of course, after he had passed. And I said, would you please do another um, painting of this? And she said, I think it's boring to like make a copy of the same, you yep. know, same painting. No, I'm not, you know, no, I don't, uh, I'm not, I'm not interested. Uh -huh. So we, we left that. <laughs> and then uh, Christmas time that year, all of a sudden there's this rectangle uh, and Chris opened it up and it's a copy of the juggler of day is gone. And um, so my mom was always good about, putting things on the back, whether of, of paintings or clippings and books that she read. So uh -huh. I have this in my hand and I have the, in the back of this painting, it's about oh, the pastel is maybe, I'd say the, uh, maybe like 15 by 18 inches. And as I said, mm -hmm. lovely, colorful landscape. Mm -hmm. um, she has a post postcard of a painting that she was influenced. She said, Chris, this is the inspiration for your pastel painting, The Juggler, found in my studio. Please attach to the back of it. So there's the, the postcard of the artist uh, that, uh, that inspired her. It's, it looks different, but it is it has some cypress trees. She has a, a photo of the original um, uh -huh. Juggler of Day. And then she has um, the, the poem, which is I Will Read, since Emily Dickinson's poems are short. So again... Um, Juggler of Day is gone. It says, blazing in gold and quenching in purple, leaping like leopards to the sky, then at the feet of the old horizon, laying her spotted face to die, stooping as low as the kitchen window, touching the roof and tinting the barn, kissing her bonnet to the meadow, and the juggler of day is gone. Isn't that beautiful? It really is. It really is. And I'm sure your father's passing was prompted or prompted some of her, some of her thoughts in there. Absolutely. And, and in fact, um, she has a card that she wrote to Chris. Um, and it's also attached on the back of this painting. So you're so right with this. And I hope I can read this without, um, Checking yes. up, but it's Sunday. Um, I don't know. It must have been maybe a year or two after he died. She said, "Dear Chris, I was so pleased with your rea reaction to the painting. Even I was satisfied with the results, but I'll never do it again. I lucked out. It was, as I said, a labor of love. You are a remarkable young man, and it seems very appropriate that you have the uh, painting." since you know it was painted after Jim died and you loved him as we all did. He was, quote, my juggler of day. Yep. Because my schedule was adapted to his, 
must be some symbolism there. I'm flipping <laughs> it on the back. I had not thought of it before. I seem to be moving along in my life. For the first time, I heard the peeping of the frogs, which I recall vividly um, when I, uh, afterward, let's see, I recall vividly, I heard when I'd go to the barn um, when Jim died and the sound no longer spooks me. You and your family give me many reasons to live. Tell Marianne to forget Brad Pitt. Because <laughs> we teased about Brad Pitt. She said, he's engaged to a very talented actress, Gwyneth Paltrow, but she has a wraith-like figure, perhaps Twiggy look. Consider his taste in women, and you are more handsome than he, of course. You could consider growing a four-day beard. That seems to be the in-look. Love, Nance. <laughs> I, I love that he was into four-day beards. That is so right. One of the things I remember from your memorial service that you had for your mom were that all the stories that your, your, your children and their cousins told about your mom and her, her humor and wit were just so engaging. Thank you. Yes, she did have a, um, a twinkle in her eye and she, she did. did. Yeah. She loved a good, you know, chuckle. And I know she really enjoyed being with you. Um, and I, I <laughs> and Paul and the time, you know, just the times in the, um, the grill the, shop. All, yes. Yep. Yep. <laughs> so, um, yeah, she did have a great sense of humor and she really um, did. And yep. she also was somebody who would, you know, just, just was so kind and would talk to, you know, <laughs> Talk to folks um, and just really love to like, that's why I think she loved Boyertown so much because she, um, as she got older, she had her routine of going down to the post office and to yep. buses and kind of, you know, just um, meeting and connecting with people. And yep. um, as you know, she did not want to leave beloved Boyertown. Right. And she, when she was 89 and she was in the house by herself, I said, yep. I think mom, I think yep. she, we stopped driving at that point I said I think it's time for you to move closer to me so yep. as yep. you know we have um, where she moved down to Chestnut Hill across the yeah. street and we yeah had, uh, that was so. lovely that was lovely lovely so. for you yeah and of course really a comfort I'm sure and lovely for her as well yeah so. and she the other thing about <laughs> when she moved down I think what made her um, adjust because again she did not want to leave her whole, you know, the, the place, if the Boyer town, the community, but what made the move um, across the street from us uh, much more easy was she, um, we had this little dog, Chico. Who I was, uh, wanted to <laughs> ask about Chico. Where is Chico today? He, he is um, <laughs> lying on this. He sleeps a lot. He's over 15. I'm looking at him right now. He's lying curled up on this pillow Oh, and um, yeah. so, uh, so he moved into the house when uh -huh. my, I said, mom, you know, okay, um, yeah. you can get Chico and we'll walk him and we'll you know, take care of him. But, and so he loved it because um, he likes, you know, 24 seven attention. attention. She yes. loved having him. And yep. the joke was, even though she was very close to her grandchildren, um, the dog 
was exceptional, quote unquote. And we said, Nanny, that's never any words we you used for your grandchildren, <laughs> but I'm glad that the dog is exceptional. <laughs> yes, that's really funny. That's really funny. <laughs> well, he was a lovely dog. I enjoyed meeting him when Ina Kent and I visited. Yes, yes. yes. The exceptional so one. <laughs> and the exceptional dog. Now, listen, before you go, though, I want to give you an opportunity to talk about um, your initiative in the Boyer, how do you say? Oh, Suddeth, yeah. Yeah, Suddeth. Yeah, because your mother was so very proud of you uh, when you were teaching science, as I remember. Yeah. And then, you know, the next thing I heard, you had this consulting firm and an environmental consulting firm. So do you want to talk a little bit about sure. the mission there and some of the things that you do there? Sure. Thank you. Um, yeah. So um, after teaching and I taught science for 16 years, um, I ended up, um, as you, you noted, um, I joined a colleague, Ann Suddeth, and we formed Boyer Suddeth Environmental Consultants. And I have to say, my love of the environment has to go back to my roots in Boyertown um, oh, yes. because just growing up in a um, small town, I mean, it, now it's no longer a small town, but just dr growing up in a community um, and also where there was space, um, we could walk, uh, behind, you know, and out, go outside and head towards an orchard or woods or yep. um, and a field. And I feel like that I was really lucky to be able to have that connection to nature. So, um, so I ended up um, actually being an English major. Um, and I do remember Jane, you were oh, um, in your class. You were the <laughs> ninth, I think it was ninth grade, eighth grade or ninth grade, where you had us read Great Expectations and Romeo mm -hmm. and Juliet. And that was kind of the first time we had to read like, grown up. <laughs> well, um, and it was really, ex you know, exciting. So I majored in English, stayed away from science, thinking I was not a science person and did right. business um, and wanted to get into banking, which would have been terrible because I'm not, <laughs> if I, I'm not <laughs> good with numbers, but I did business. And then um, I ended up um, meeting, a, I was not happy with, the, I moved to Boston, not happy with the with the jobs that I had in business. And I met a couple at that time um, and they, she was an English major and he was a, um, he had, was in the same line of business that I was in and they had gone back to school, graduate school for environmental science. And it was sort of like, Oh, I, like you could do that. Um, and this was the time where you, wow. know, you couldn't major in environmental science, but uh, in school, you could not undergrad, but I was like, oh, you could do that. And it was like a light bulb that had gone Yes. Off. Oh, cool. So that's why I thought, I'm going to look into this. I'm going to apply to grad school. If I don't get in, I'm going to move to Boulder, Colorado, because I want to do something outdoors. Wow, so, um, I love I, Colorado. <laughs> yeah. So I got into grad school, and I ended up taking a lot of science classes because I thought that's what I really needed. Uh -huh. um, I was glad with the English um, major background because communications is so important, but I needed the science. And Absolutely. so yeah. uh, fast forward, that's when I ended up working at um, the Environmental Protection Agency in Philadelphia and then um, teaching science for 16 years. And then that's Amazing. when um, in 2015, 
we started Boyer Sadeth Environmental Consultants. So in a nutshell, we work with schools and businesses to help them become more environmentally sustainable. And um, we kind of help with project management, like how do you get a green team started or how do you, um, we also do professional development. We've done climate change education, for example, and we do coaching and communications, helping um, folks at schools um, really tell their stories in terms of, as you know, as a teacher, former teacher, it's all about the stories. It's and, all about and the story. Yep. So, um, so anyway, we started out with, um, just Anne and me and, um, my goal was to have one, this was in 2015, as I mentioned, my goal was to have one client in the first year and three to five in the second. And fast forward, we've had over 25 businesses no, and partners we've worked with. And then I've had 40, over 44 interns work with us. Um, so, um, yeah, so we, we really try and meet the client where they are in terms of where's the passion. And, now, and, let me ask this. Were you involved in the consulting firm when Boyertown became a tree city? Your mom was very so, involved. Yeah, in yeah. so <laughs> I wasn't doing consulting then. I think I was still teaching, but um, mom was very, you know, I remember going back to Boyertown because we'd go, you know, so take the grandkids and go visit. And I didn't, uh -huh. I thought, gee, it's such a great, beautiful, um, I, I just, I thought there's the opportunity to plant trees. And at that time, that was when Marianne Deary was getting the, you know, build a, a better boyer town. town. Yeah. Uh -huh. And so with the tree committee, um, I, I came with my mom to a couple uh, meetings and I know Renee Gladio was involved as well. And so um, I really think the importance of like, as we all know, planting trees and yeah. how it, and you know, all of the benefits and also increasing real estate values and people wanting to, yep. you know, uh, <laughs> utilize um, places. So yes, my mom was involved with that. And, um, and I, then, I was not with the Boyer Sada then, but I, I was teaching and I'm been involved with the community here in Chestnut Hill with um, tree planting. So very good. And there you, you recently planted a tree in memory of your mom, and that was thanks to Kathy Powers, who really was instrumental in getting that. Uh, Kathy was um, one of uh, it would come from Valley Bechtelsville area to you know to to help um, care for my mom. And Kathy was really had a, a vision of that. So we really appreciate um, the tree, the, the dogwood that's um, right Lovely. across from the the rail the railroad station. Lovely. So Lovely. Well, listen, I am going. I would like two things. Uh, I want to include information in the episode notes for our podcast. One, you had sent me um, a link to a video of your mother's show at the Boyer at the Boyer Gallery. Oh yes, yes, and I want to include that link. Oh, great, thank you. And I'd also like to include a link or a contact of some some kind for your consulting firm so that folks can investigate that as well. The website. Oh, great. Yes. Thank you. Okay, great. Okay. We have some blog articles by some interns that were Excellent. over the years. So Excellent. wonderful. So well, thank you. Thank Mary you, Jane. For this so nice. Most informative and most <laughs> inspiring podcast. Oh, thank you so much. And I'll look forward to seeing you in um, better weather at Studio B. That would be great. You take great. care now. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for downloading this episode of the Be Inspired podcast. 
If you enjoyed the Be Inspired podcast, please subscribe to be notified of new episodes. This podcast can be found on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Anchor, Spotify, or wherever it is you listen to podcasts. And we welcome you to suggest people, projects, and perceptions that inspire you. What the world needs now is inspiration. Contact me, Jane Stahl, at studiobbb.org or stop by Studio B. More information can be found in the episode notes. We are eager to meet you and learn what it is you love. This is the end of today's episode, and I hope you find your way today to be inspired.